Ding dong, ding dong, it's Uncle Sis. of what it's like to make short films while living here in China. Uh, you can check out those short films on our YouTube channel, Hello Uncle Foreigner. Give us a like on YouTube, if you remember. Not Facebook. On YouTube. And, yeah, check them out. This week, I am Emily, as always. And with me in the back is Peter. Woo! And we are going to be talking about the importance of lighting your videos well. Not really a how-to, more of a philosophical approach and what we've learned so far. We are still learning a lot. So we're going to enlighten you. <laughs> we are coming to you live to tape from lovely Luzhou, Sichuan, China. Spring has sprung and wow. it's been in the 80s for the past two days, which is... Lujo Spring, beautiful blue sky days, which is rare, so we've been soaking it up. And actually, we are coming to you in the afternoon for once. Yeah, we're, you show off your, your beautiful view. We're trying out a different time of day, so I don't have to stay up till midnight uploading our live stream. Um, so let's get started with How's Your Uncle? <laughs> This weekend here in China is the Qingming Festival, which is a holiday where you go to your ancestors' graves, clean them up, burn a little paper money, wish for their spirits to come home, pour out liquor. Is that what you're signing so. <laughs> to me? I think you might be right. Um, I homies. believe, and I don't know enough about either holiday to say for sure, but in my limited American understanding, it's similar to how the Day of the Dead is celebrated in November in Mexico. Um, but my ignorance is palpable, so if you know any different, let me know. For us, it's just a day off of work, for Peter and I, it's just a day off of work because we don't um, have ancestors here in China that we would go to their grave and sweep. And actually, here's what I do know about it's a Buddhist holiday, and the government was not always so keen on it, so it was only officially recognized as a holiday in 2008. And so as such, I don't know that every Chinese person does the actual grave sweeping. Every Chinese person does take a day off. Um, but like I asked my friend whose wife is Chinese, does her family celebrate? And he says, well, yeah, her parents go and sweep off her grandparents' graves, but because her parents are still alive, obviously, she doesn't do anything about it, which to me, um, okay, that's how that works. Um, the way it affected me is I asked at the gym if they would be open, and they said yes, but I did not ask at the gym if the classes would be taught, so I went to my Saturday morning yoga class, which didn't happen. Oh, poor me. It's a tough life for me. But uh, we've, we've been enjoying the time off, so that was 
that that's Qingming Festival to <laughs> me. Um, what else has been going on? Uh, um, nice weather, holiday. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's the big headline is that we can go outside. It's it's beautiful and nice, which is funny. Like to us, Peter and I. We're like, it's beautiful! And Chinese people are like, it's too hot! The Lujo people are like, already it's over, it's too hot. If they do walk outside, they all have their sun umbrellas. And when you go to the park, everyone's like clustered under the shade trees and nobody walks in the sun. Except for us. us. <laughs> um, so that's. I funny. think I got a little burnt yesterday. I think you did too. I wear sunscreen. Um, yeah, so that's that's how your uncle is. Let's take a look at conducting business. Okay, so if you've been following our channel, Hello Uncle Foreigner. And you should be. And you should be. Hello Foreigner is where we post our vlog videos. Um, but if you've been following either, you may know already that we're in the middle of a grand experiment where we are reposting videos we made and posted last year alongside newer videos that we've posted, made and posted this year um, as we make them. And it's been interesting and we've tried a couple different tactics to, I mean, we kind of want to get the process with as of posting the old videos as fast as possible so we can get to all new content all the time. But we go back and forth on whether... Because they're good videos. Yeah, we love our videos. We just... We, we don't want to, like, them. cram them all in a sock and, and have them get lost. Again, the whole point of starting over was that these videos didn't get enough attention the first time around. And so we're trying things differently to give them more attention this time around. But a problem that we are running into now is that... At the pace at which we are posting these videos is different. We posted them one a week last year, and we posted them several times a week this year. So we are out of sync with the time that we made them in last year. I mean, for example, to make this clear, it is April now, but the videos we're posting are from, like, June, July, and August. Mm. And some of them are, like, so specifically about the summer that it feels really weird to post them now. Yeah. We have we have a string of them that are all about pools and yeah, yeah. The, the, the pool isn't even open yet. Yeah, and so and then like some mention specific holidays that haven't happened yet, and some of it is the some one one side of just post them now is once you post them on YouTube, I mean you'll have a small burst where they line up with the correct time, and then they'll be out of sync forever. But on the other hand, I know that it just snowed in, like, the northeast of the United States. I don't want to be talking about swimming pools. That just seems... Rude. Mean. <laughs> and, but, like, for example, we did post one where I mentioned I was going to America. And that is a trip that already took place in September of last year. So one of our commenters commented, like, oh, have a good trip. And I had to write back, like... I already had a good trip, but it was, it was good. Thanks. Retroactive. Thanks. But so we've been talking a bit about how, how we should handle videos that are so far out of time. And what we've kind of settled on is swapping the fall and the summer 
So posting the videos we made in the fall now to give the summer videos a chance to more line up with the actual time and to avoid the problem of posting fall videos at the height of summer. Yeah, but it's still not going to work out. It's still too crammed in, so. Yeah. So now we're getting even closer to, like, putting them all into one big group of, like, it, the summer's going to come out when it's, I mean, we're almost there, so it, there's nothing yeah. else we can really do. And, I mean, what do we do with a Thanksgiving video? Yeah, and, <laughs> and some of those, I mean, we'll have to decide case by case. Maybe we do hold that one till Thanksgiving. Or not. Or not. Who knows? <laughs> we're not deciding that right now. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, so the technique strategy we've adopted this week was that kind of, we took some videos from the fall that like mentioned that, oh, school just started, which obviously it didn't. Although I did. Not too far off. It's just a different the semester. The different term just started a month ago. Um, so we kind of made a batch this week that was more thematic rather than temporally apt. Um, if you want to, can you read off those titles? Our titles are starting with Three Ways I Survived China, What Time Is It in China, Making Weird Noises at the Gym, Fighting in the Foothills of Himalayas, Still Shy in China, It's China, so get used to it, and by the time this is up, our last one Dun, dun, dun. Go over and check it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so the, the theme of this little group, time is new, but the rest of them are kind of like big picture surviving China. And of course, our, our point of view is not like we're ever going to tell you any kind of how-to or, or advice, but more just like our big experience that shape how we live here in China and different experiences we've had. Um, so they may mention, like, school was canceled because it was too hot, I think is one of them. Yeah. Um, which is not the case right now, although it is, it's getting yeah, hotter. No. <laughs> you'll, you'll find out tomorrow, your students might already be complaining about yeah, too yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a student tell me it was too hot, and I was like, you are crazy, kid. Um, but yeah, so the, this batch of videos is big picture China stuff. Um, and I think that's, you know, going forward, we're going to have to find those kind of resonances rather than like a one-to-one -one correspondence with what's actually happening. The good thing right is now. that the going forward isn't too much longer. We're nearing the end. Yeah, we the have like... A few weeks of putting stuff up. 15 videos left. Something like that, yeah. And then, then we're all new. Yeah. Um, the other thing that batching these videos together does for us is that... It, it drives the YouTube, it drives our profile up in the algorithm, in the eyes of the algorithm. <laughs> um, so we just, we get like more attention in general overall by posting a video every day, um, which we enjoy. Mm. We're, we're in the middle of a surge right now, which well, I think is due to that and the Facebook ads that we talked about yeah. last week. Only being three months out, we're still so small that like every, every little boost we're not going to get any huge numbers from one video, so like yeah. a little boost from a little one and a little boost of another might give us enough like oomph to get over a hump into yeah. another. But we're we're still like getting a subscriber a day, which is mm -hmm. for our size that's big. Yeah. Um, so we're approaching ninety. Yeah, which we're took us eighty six. 
that took us a, a year to do last year. Um, yeah. Now we've done it in three months. So go us. <laughs> um, oh, and then the one last thing we have to say about this, and so we're we're making a big push to get noticed, and part of that is making our titles maybe a little more, and they're not. I'll, I'll admit this, they're not sensational <laughs> um, at all. We're not great at clickbait. Um, but I think we, ha we have made a, an effort to make them kind of more aggressively like, hey, look over here. Um, including an imperative in the, in the title or, or kind of... It's hard because we don't want to like get into a discussion about like what's wrong with China because nothing's wrong. Every, everything's wrong with everywhere. So <laughs> that's not a everything's wrong. Um, but like three ways I survived China, and then it it's a it's a much less confrontational video about how we learn the language, how we connect with people, and how we you know. Go shopping. I think was the yeah. third story in that. But like, it's it's, it's much smaller and it's more personal. It's kind of a grabbier title because we just we need the eyeballs to come in. Right. Because um, we are somewhat of an acquired taste, or maybe not even. We're just like not mainstream, so we need to dig through everybody out there to find our audience, and so that's. That's our strategy. And, right and now. nicely, it's it's happening. We've got a few. Oh yeah, yeah. We've got a few people that are coming on that are really interested in what we're doing. So that's all exciting, and we know that we're not going to you know be fighting PewDiePie or anything anytime soon. So that's okay. Right. Yeah, that's not <laughs> what we're aiming for. But we are aiming for more than zero, which we're yeah. getting. We're yeah. getting. So we're more than zero. <laughs> it's going well, and so let's get deeper into homeschool, homeschool. So we're going to talk to you about lighting, but first a little side rail, side rail, derail, <laughs> sidebar about failure, which will lead us into lighting. Um, this week we had some pretty significant things go wrong with, you know, bad footage, equipment malfunctions. We're things, still learning green, green screen. Yeah, things came out disappointingly bad <laughs> um we ordered equipment that was not exactly what we expected and that just like all in a row was a little bit demoralizing but then we figured out you know to get over it get over it <laughs> to, to get a little philosophical there is like there's no reason to make art that's just a given it's frosting on on your life i mean there's every reason to make art but really, there's not, there's no one asked us to do this. We could easily not do this. And so it does not feel good when like the thing you're doing voluntarily just falls apart. But we reframed it. We wallowed first. And then we, re we reframed it as like negative data is still data. This is still a learning opportunity. This still like pushes the project forward. So, like, for example, we had a lighting setup that turned out not 
didn't look good. <laughs> and so Peter is madly, this is a video that hasn't come out yet. Peter is madly working to make it look good. Um, but it was, it was a bummer and we, th we thought about reshooting it and then we decided that's not, that's not what this is for. Mm. Um, but it was bad enough that reshooting it was an, op an option that we considered. Um, but it is like, you can, you can wallow in your mistake and then just let that drag you down and kill all your momentum or like use that as a job jumping off point to make the next one even better. Right. Well, I guess in the philosophical sense that you're talking, you can, you can let it stop you or you can get mad and figure out a way to fight back and, and make something out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Or create you, rather than, than just give yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's hard. It's easy to say, it's hard to do, but that, like, <laughs> this is, this is your, this, we are making these YouTube videos so we get better at our craft, and making mistakes is part of getting better, and now, like, we've learned some lessons that we're never going to make it's those, particularly difficult. those mistakes again. <laughs> <laughs> when, when some of your, your mistakes are like, I bought the wrong thing, like, what are you going to do with that? You return yeah, it, it, yeah. But you're going to be mad for the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, and the, like one of the, one of, there was maybe more than three mistakes this <laughs> week. One of them was I bought a little adapter nut to go from one size to one size of camera mount. Three quarter, three eighths inch to a quarter inch, but I actually needed the other way around. And I'm not, I can't say it, <laughs> I'm having trouble saying it, but like now I know for a fact Cameras are a quarter inch, lights are three eighths of an inch. There you go. And That's I, our, our tech segment. Yeah, I'm I'm always gonna remember that because I made that mistake and I had to order the part twice. Fortunately, that was pretty cheap. Um, but yeah, so that's that's we're dusting ourselves off from some mistakes that we made, and and we're choosing to see failure as a learning option. Learning option, learning to <laughs> learn to fail. Learn to fail. Then you can fail succeed. To learn, um, but yeah. So lighting is a big thing we are focusing on now, and so I want to start out by just breaking down our gear for a little bit. We have bought the cheapest lights you can buy because we are doing this all on the super cheap. But we have two LED lights and then a three three light set of soft boxes and one of those soft boxes has a boom arm so that we can have it up and then overhead um, which has been useful for our uh, background lighting and one thing I very quickly learned is that cheap lights still light that's not what you're paying for when you pay for more expensive lighting what you get with more expensive lighting is durability, equipment that doesn't fall apart, and um, even, like, with, we bought the lights that came with stands. These stands are almost garbage. The light with the boom light, when we have the boom extended, just, like, cants over to the side that it, like... It's pretty sad. It's hilarious. <laughs> and so... This is, in my research now I learned, you can pay up to 
thousands of dollars for lights, but you can also pay up to thousands of dollars for stands too. Like that's how, that's how variable in quality they can be. These stands were free and they feel free. <laughs> and I think the next investment we make in equipment is going to be a little higher, maybe not thousands of dollars of light $1, stands, but a little higher quality stands. Um, our lights, like I said, they still provide light, so they're not a failure. <laughs> um, one of our LED lights is kind of, there's a section of bulbs at the top that's starting to blink out, but it's still light, so it still works. And that's how a shoestring operation is going to work. Some you're, of our, you're, you're seeing them work right now. Yeah. Don't I look beautiful? <laughs> but as Peter likes to call it, it's our Millennium Falcon held together with duct tape and string. Um, and that's how we can do this for really, really cheap. Yeah, we got no Patreons. We got yeah. no yeah. no backers. It's um, just the skin of your teeth. But I would say, from the knowledge I've learned, pay for real stands. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's going to help you so much. And that's, that's what we're going to do. Um, and then, so the challenges that we face, we have two because because of the green screen. One is like the green screen and one is like me. And actually, if, if I'm gonna talk about it a little bit now. Okay. Um, part of our failure of this week's footage that isn't ready yet, um, is that we spent too much time lighting the green screen, not enough time lighting the subject. Classic mistake, don't do that. <laughs> but what we've learned about green screen lighting is you just have to get even lighting across the board and then your green screen will be one touch blammo it's done and we're getting a little bit better at that but we got so into that this week that we just didn't we didn't pay we attention overlit you yeah yeah and then for me all we're doing is a three-point system it's very simple you can look it up everyone has a tutorial on how to do it um, and so three-point system you have a key light which is your main light you have a fill light which helps give you some kind of shadow and texture and that that lights usually turned down a little bit and then you have a background light which goes overhead into the back which both pops the subject off the background and if you're working with a green screen helps give you crisp edges between your subject and the fake background that you're putting in. Um, and so we're just experimenting to get that ideal look that we want to get out of both of those. Um, There's an art to it, turns out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to say nothing of like changing the camera settings, we're not there to, to adapt to the amount of light that you have. And our um, cameras barely have settings. Yeah. But it's something like two months ago even, I think, if you were to ask me about lighting, I would be like, I don't know how to do that and I don't know how to learn about doing that. And the way you learn about doing that is just by like buying some lights and putting them places and shooting stuff. Just like everything else. And YouTube. Yeah, that's, that's where <laughs> YouTube... Oh, you mean YouTube tutorials. Tutorials. I mean, yeah. Yeah, YouTube tutorials. <laughs> Utorials. 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 You can have that. Hashtag. Don't have that. Take oh, it. no, that's ours. <laughs> um, yeah, YouTube 
I can't not say it now. <laughs> the tutorials are so helpful. And then I was going to say the discipline of having someone see your video every week because you can publish it somewhere um, helps us keep going, mm -hmm. which we've mentioned in the past. So you just, yeah, you just have to dig in there and do it. And the problem with short films as a hobby is that, like I said, the cheap equipment is cheap. And so it is kind of expensive to, to get in there and experiment. Um, but that's why we live in China, so that we have money to do that. Um, oh, I forgot to say this at the beginning. But the why lighting is important. So filmmaking rule number one is have good sound or no one's going to watch. People will give, people will forgive a picture that doesn't look quite right. But they will not forgive sound that doesn't sound good. Yeah, that's why we can turn this into a podcast. Yeah, um, so which we we've taken care of that with the little Zoom H H one N sure Pro field recorder. Um, we could do better, but this is good enough for what we're doing. Um, but then, so once you've got sound, you need sound. You absolutely cannot not have sound. Um, Lighting is what makes you look pro or amateur, and so that's where that's where we are in our journey. And we coincidentally, um, or not, because we are we watch a lot of TV. Um, we saw, I think, two good examples this week of how lighting can be used not just to look professional, but but to be part of your palette. And one of them was the the first episode of. Jordan Peele's new Twilight Zone, which it was a story about stand-up comedians and, and just like performance as art and what, what it takes to do that and what you give. Chilling. It was chilling. Um, it was fine. But the thing that struck me is that it had a really striking lighting to mimic this stage, the idea of on stage. But at all times, everyone was like really super dramatically lit with like one side in light and one side in shadow to really emphasize like that lighting is happening. You don't always want to call attention to to the art that you're doing, but I think I think that was a conscious choice to make the lighting stand out to make you think of like always being under the glare of the lights. And another thing that was striking about this episode is that the cast was largely actors of color who were all very beautifully lit, which is not always the case. Mm. Um, everything is racist, <laughs> including lighting. You can, out, you can, you can read about that history. Yeah, on, there's plenty, online, plenty out but, there, um, but it exists, and go look it up. Yeah, and you and and you can watch, you can watch movies and and see that the actors of color who are often the supporting actors, but again, because racism. <laughs> Um, are just not as well lit as the main white star is. Um, so that that was, it was cool to see, one, that, that the lighting style was so neat, and then, like, two, that they adequately lit their actors of color, which everybody should be doing. Um, and then the second example, what we do in the shadows, is mm. was a New Zealand kind of comedy vampire movie that is now a television series on FX. It's... You'll, you'll, you know the people that are involved because yeah. it's the guy that, that directed the last Thor movie. Taika Waititi. Yep. 
And then Matt Berry is like a, a beloved British actor. Um, if you watch any Britcoms, you've seen him. Um, it's it's a vampire comedy that's like dry as toast, um, <laughs> but super funny. Not scary. Um, if you're worried about that, I worry about that. Um, and what they've done is gone for a much more subdued color palette. Their lighting is much less showy. But the aspect I wanted to point out about this program is because they're vampires, they're all like 200, 300, 600 years old. They're usually, I mean, all the scenes take place at night and their lighting is all candlelight or street lamps outside. So the lighting does a really good job of not calling attention to it, but that it's the softer, lower light, but it still makes everything, it's, it manages to be like dark and vibrant at the same time and like bring essentially what you end up getting is it, it looks like the corners of every room and surface are like painted with like a big thick black brush so everything is inky yeah, around brightly yeah. colored areas that are like the face yeah and the colors they wear are all very muted and earthy tones and and it's it's a very specific palette that through their lighting you can see it but it doesn't feel like, wait a minute, it's just candles in this room. This room shouldn't be that bright. Um, which I think candlelight is pretty hard to capture accurately on film. I mean, <laughs> within the scene you can see there's like hundreds of candles in the right. room. which is It takes um, a lot of light. It also, light moves, so. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, you know, where we're aspiring to. <laughs> we're not quite there yet. <laughs> but that I mean the things you can do with lighting it's that's that's where it all comes from video is is just dumping light into a lens so um that's that's our that's our big next step to take um and another interesting thing about this process is because we were talking about what we do in the shadows and then AP Bio is another show that is also very like muted color tones not flashy very like very soft soft that's the word i'm looking for um whether they achieve these effects through lighting alone or are they doing some post processing or set design or set design um i mean yes and set design um and i don't know about these specific uh programs but i do think it's interesting that back in the day, pre-digital, um, it would have to be all your lighting and set design and, and costuming because you didn't have all this processing light. I mean, there was some, there's some amount of exposure to the film or you could do different, different techniques afterwards, but you, you, you just had to like be good at lighting. <laughs> well, yeah, if you've ever taken like, anybody has taken their phone and just like filmed your your friends or your family like sitting in a car or something that's not outdoors and you look back on it and you're like i can't see anybody's face or anything it's, yeah. it's usually a mess yeah. depending on your life but now we all know through instagram you can put any filter on anything you could do a ton of manipulation in post using i mean yeah instagram everybody has that it's free the stuff that used to take me in photoshop like hours to do in like 1995 like it's a it's a button that anyone can press now yeah which is not to say 
the lighting doesn't matter. Because, uh, like, this is a classic fix it in post is what, like, every inexperienced producer says. And, like, you can end up with a real mess that way. You can't fix bad footage in post as we're <laughs> finding out. Although we, we've tried many yeah. times. I mean, you, you can, but... Only if your goal isn't realism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you, <laughs> Only you, if you, it's acceptable for it to look totally insane. Right. But so our current skill goal is to deliver the cleanest possible footage that Peter then can add these after effects to get the exact look that we're going for. And then maybe beyond that, achieve a little more of that with lighting. But right now, I think... The important thing is to figure out how to consistently always deliver the cleanest footage that you can manipulate. Clean palette. Clean palette. Um, yeah, anything Anything you want to say? Mm, yeah. I think the things you can do with light, your new book will be coming out next year. Yeah. On to commentary. On to commentary. Like we said this week, we will, by the time you watch this, have posted seven videos. That's a video every day. So we're not going to talk in detail about all of them, but let's we'll we'll single out some. A couple of highlights. A couple of highlights. First of all, let's talk about time, which is our brand new video, our giraffe video for the week. We've been following along on the the basic rigmarole that we've set for ourselves is that like I collect notes throughout the week, make a brief outline and then go into go This into, is our one new video of the Yeah, week. yeah. So go like it on YouTube. Only on YouTube. I'm promoting. Forget I'm, about Facebook. I'm promoting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's I, I collect my thoughts throughout the week and then we go sit down Friday afternoon and just improv it all out. And was this... What time is it in China? Yeah, what time is it in China? This Sorry. is the second week now. We've actually... We were doing it in one big chunk, and then this week we... Um, we did it in small segments. We actually... You, you put it together as segments. Right. You didn't, right. We didn't chop it up. Oh, right, right. I mean, in in the actual filming, we filmed two minutes, then stopped and reset and filmed. And, and um, we all, it's also the week before shoes? No. The ice. Ice water, ice water. Last week's. We restructured it after the fact to have the main story go at the end, and this week we... Composed it. That composed way. it that way with the main story at the end. And I don't think you can tell, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it works, and it seems to be reaching people in well, the same the, way. Well, the, the reason for it, like we said last week, is for our SEO and uh, to get to get people interested in the story with yeah. a theme of the, the thumbnail and, and what, what are you buying into and when do you get that in the story at the yeah. beginning or the end. Don't give your payoff away at the beginning. Make right. it... The, the first, the first week, the ice one, we blundered into it and we chopped it up and redid it. This week, we composed it that way. Yeah. And is does it really matter? The numbers are still out there. Yeah. Well, I think the tricky thing is that with this with this wide outreach to a bigger audience, 
we're reaching more and more people, but that also means that more and more people are clicking on and then deciding within the first minute that this isn't for them. Um, so I think until we actually have a larger dedicated audience who knows who we are, we're still going to see a big drop off at the beginning. Right. If we start off with animation, which we're like, oh, cool, we're doing animation. Something yeah. could, that, pff, I don't want to see a cartoon. Yeah. We're like, it's yeah. only three seconds of a cartoon. <laughs> don't go anywhere. But so the big thing we incorporated this week is Peter and I have been talking behind the scenes about what makes the giraffe character special and different and me. I, in real life, I have this high, sweet voice, but I don't know. Sweet. <laughs> sweet flavors. I don't know that I'm like a super docile, sweet person. <laughs> and I mean, people tend to receive me as such just because I sound this way. Um, so I, th I this may be therapy. <laughs> this may be why I've developed a somewhat snarky, sarcastic edge to what I say because the way I say it is so often received as gentle and inconsequential um, to the point like when I'm angry at people I have to tell them that I am I am angry at you now because they can't tell from my so tone cute. of voice yet that which is maddening <laughs> but anyway so that's that's who I really am um, angry and angry, I'm angry. <laughs> so we've decided we want to incorporate a little more of that edge into the giraffe and also on the 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 tip of we want to be the existential vlog we don't want to just tell you this is what life in china is like and here's how we explain it just like more the philosophically in our conversations we're like considering the big issues and so this was our effort to kind of bring both that that sassy attitude and that existential flavor into what we're talking about um well the biggest question always is um for any kind of expat is like why did you move there why did you leave home why did you move to china is the biggest yeah. question for and i us. say just let's stop at why why are there you go um and <laughs> so i mean we're, we're kind of goofing around but kind of not like I, I get into a little trippy headspace of like how time, it, does time exist? How does time pass for you? And these are things like I really do think about that all the time. And I had somewhat of a, a, a enlightenment little thought in during my week. And I tried to capture that thought, which now I can't even remember. <laughs> I mean, I, I. Time have, slips through your hands. Yeah, I, I have the feeling of what I, what I experienced, but like, after it happened, it was pretty much gone, from me too. And so, <laughs> in the video, I was a little disappointed. Like, I wasn't able to like precisely explain the nature of my enlightenment message. But then Peter pointed out. I'm not a guru. That's not what we're going for. <laughs> it kind of works better for us and for entertainment value that it is like this fumbling towards an idea because, because we don't have any answers. The giraffe yeah, yeah. Has no I don't. I don't want to give you answers, but if I can, if I can prompt questions in your mind, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And if I can make you laugh, that's also even what better. We're going for. Um, so that that's 
that's where we were going with giraffe this week. Was there anything? Oh, you were in it too. Oh, that's that's right. the a first premiere. appearance of Peter in the giraffe series. Yep. Um, which feels very comic book. And and comic book version too. Yeah. I, yeah. That's right. Not that I haven't been. If you look through back the old videos, I am in many of them. Yeah, you can get glimpses or or there's hidden full on hidden cameos, but then now I'm here. I'm ready. Yeah. So Peter. Peter had a line, and Peter had his cartoon version. Join me in the Get intro. Get my shot at the yeah. big time. So I'm, I'm happy to share my screen time. Less screen time for me is always better. Um, and so that that was really exciting about that video. Yeah, um, it was a lot. It's very zippy. Yeah. And then... Next video? Next video I want to talk about is Get Used to It. You're skipping over fighting in the foothills? Yeah, I'm going to do that third. Okay. So get used to it. Um, again, is very existential. Um, is a video that we shot in August of last year. But it also addresses existential themes of like, when stuff goes wrong in China, you can get mad about it or you can like accept it and, and move on. Um, is the message of that video. Yeah. But true. that was... Part of our goal with that video and during that time that we were experimenting with was taking these stories, you know, we were happy with the kind of stories we were telling, but putting them in an interesting visual location. And so this one, we went out to the playground. There's a little playground a couple buildings down in our apartment complex. Um... And as I was wrestling with these philosophical concepts, I was also, like, climbing my way around this little slide. Jungle gym. Jungle gym. Um, which I think, you know, it came out really well. I liked it. Yeah. You you shot me, and then I think I also was holding a mm -hmm. camera selfie style. If you watch the whole video, which you should, yeah. at the end you can see the second camera and the entire process that it went through of you. Oh, that's right. The primary camera is selfie cam. Yep. That's right. That's right. The second one is the in credits. Yeah. Where you can see how silly you look as a, an adult. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had a little old lady interaction. Yeah. That we use in the intro. That she like saw what we were doing and was just like, "What are you weirdos doing out I think here?" She's in the outro. Anyways. Oh, yeah. Well, she's part of it. Um, and I do remember that that it was August and it was like so high. It might have been like. 100 degrees Fahrenheit that day. Mm. And if you watch closely, you can watch me get sweatier and sweatier yeah. in the video. <laughs> Which is, a, I mean, that's all an artistic choice. The idea of what you're going through of, like, sometimes life just gets harder and harder and harder in China. Yeah. Just as you're climbing through all these hoops and yeah. literal hoops. Yeah, and you can struggle with that. You can struggle against that, or you can kind of not give up because that's that's not that's not the right answer but if you kind of just let it take you um and that's existential yeah story from yeah. California <laughs> but I mean the the real the real piece of what we were doing at that time in this August period of time was trying to make our videos a little more visually interesting because we felt with past videos 
that we had pretty much mastered the three camera talking head. Even like the, the talking head out on the sidewalk. Um, we liked those. We were really we into like those. those. And with like the, the walk and talk stuff. That, yeah, that yeah. We did that and that's easy enough. Just walk around. Um, but we were looking for something more exciting to yeah. happen. Yeah, and that's kind of our, our process. Again, YouTube is... is Doesn't reward that. Oh, well, I was going to say YouTube is our, our, our film school. Yeah. That's where we're trying out our different ideas. We don't have to have a unified aesthetic because um, we're not selling this to anyone. We're making this for ourselves. We would like it if other people right. liked it. But that's So once we kind of master a concept, we usually... Or at least get good enough that we're pleased. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe not master. Maybe master is pretty strong. But the, the, we are always kind of changing things up. Um, and so that's... That's why our videos look different from video to video. Yeah, Because we yeah. get bored with one and we move on. And then, so growing out of that, then we get to... Uh, the, so four videos this week kind of fall into this next category. I will name them for you. Or maybe you can name them. Himalayas? Yeah, fighting in the foothills of the Himalayas and a normal massage. Yeah, and then we had... Three ways I survived China. Oh yeah, yep. I survived China. Yeah. And then gym noises. What did we end up calling that? Gym noises, making weird noises at the China gym. And then shy. Still shy in China. Yeah. So these four videos came a little bit after into the fall. Is that correct? Give or take. Of. So. First, we pushed it pushed it in August of like changing up our scenery, trying to pick more visually interesting locations, but generally it was like one story at a time. So the expansion on that we came into in the fall was that maybe it's more than one story and maybe connecting these stories is hmm. um, these interstitials and these different segments that we had thought of. Piecing together segments to create a theme. Yeah, yeah. So gym noises was also in August. Mm -hmm. Gym Noises and Shy, I think, happened... Gym Noises first, then Shy. Yeah, they happened before I took my trip back to America. Um, and so they have... This is where we we kick off... Himalayas too, I guess. Maybe they all took place? <laughs> or we're getting... Sorry. Just, just pick one. Okay, so... I take back that I was going anywhere. <laughs> Sorry about that. So, yeah, so they they all had these blog style stories that we were that we had come up with. Um, and then the glue was we called them the interstitials. I mean, they're they're interstitials and they came from just footage I took around Luzhou that maybe I had started putting on Instagram little short videos of like a vegetable woman selling vegetables. Some of them are from the archives, from really yeah. old stuff, from like when we first moved here, like what, whatever it yeah. is, finding little bits and pieces of tiny stories, much along the lines of and then now, but the tiny, smaller one-shots. This is one like pro proto and then now. Yeah. Because that directly led to the creation of and then now. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so we had these little slices of of life china life that we could stick in there that i i was pleased with because it 
like, I was always uncomfortable with the idea that I am explaining China to you. That's always what bugged me about. I don't want that to be my role. So if, and it's also like egregious, I think, to have a blog, a vlog about China that's really only you see my white face. Like that doesn't feel fair. So it was a way to like bring China more directly into what we were talking about. Show you what we see rather than just, I mean, you, yeah. know, you know what we yeah. look like. Yeah. Um, and so that I felt like even though they're little short clips that they were really important in adding to the texture of what we were doing. Um, and then Himalayas, I want to talk about that opening um, that Peter put together. Actually comes from Li Jiang, right? the year we lived we put in Li together because we it was a it was a classroom that I had, and we went out and we shot. We had the kids write a script. Yeah. And then with the so this te Peter was still teaching at that time, and this was like a, a school project that that he was working on with his class. Right. Um. Yeah, so like he said, they put together this script, they wrote this story all together, and then our school... The Lee kids Jiang, wrote themselves. Yeah, yeah. The school in Lijiang was a mess, but it was just in this beautiful location. And mm. it was right across the street from this, the Black Dragon Pool Park. Just so gorgeous. And so we took the boys over there one afternoon... And had we filmed not a lot of lines. Oh, because the problem with the project was that the kids, the same kids wouldn't come every week. Oh, yeah, so they would write right. They so, would write characters, and then, like, next week only half of them would show up, or different kids would show up. So we couldn't really act out the whole play. So we would take that one afternoon, we took uh, the couple of kids that were there that yeah. were most excited about it. We took them and their parts, and we tried to piece something as best together with a two-camera setup. Yeah, and then Jack found this stick, the, <laughs> the boy carrying the big stick that was Jack. He just found this stick that, like, they started play fighting with because that's what boys do. Um, and it, it came out, like, so beautiful. Um, so we Good lighting. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the natural light there really worked in our favor. Um, and the, the project never got finished due to the aforementioned problem of, like, not everybody showed yeah. up. What we were originally going to do is we were going to make a movie with the kids to show off their English. Yeah. And then we would show it to the parents. Yeah. Um, but that, that was... And then it, it just, hard. it fell apart because there was not consistency in who came to class. But we still had the footage. But we had the footage, so Peter edited it together into this little two minute like epic epic <laughs> soundtrack and all. it was like maybe a couple hours of footage yeah probably right? yeah that this is the best two minutes of it there's not like more movie to yeah. it than that well, it's just for us goofing around with kids <laughs> um but it really did come out like they made a little kung fu opening yeah and it was, you know. Yeah, I wish we had their numbers that we could track them down now and show it to them. Right. <laughs> um, but so I, I think that's really neat, and I'm really proud of that that piece. Um, yeah, one of our one of our shining moments out of our year in Lichon. Yeah, and that was not Himalayas altogether. That that current video. That was just the opening. Yeah, that was just the opening. That's not the first time. That we had worked together all these d 
different stories and interstitials, but I feel like that was the first really big one that was more than just two stories and, and some random photos. Well, we, act, we actively took that, that idea and pieced it together for this of like, we're changing it up this week. This, yeah, this yeah. This is our new direction. So and that so that was, a, that was like kind of a calling card of the new Uncle Foreigner. But that every every six weeks we kind of have a new uncle <laughs> But that that was the dawning of bad age, I would say. Aquarius. Aquarius. Um, and I think we'll have more to say about how this evolves next week because we have more videos that take that concept further. Mm -hmm. But I would then to bring it back to the present that the current evolution of the giraffe by incorporating all these different segments that's kind of the giraffe was something new we came up with over spring festival break and i was really disappointed to say goodbye to putting together these segmented uncle shorts with these different um transitions and different segments and different um it's closer to putting that together that structure. Yeah, a show or an actual story. So, and that's what you love to do is write a story. So this right. was pretty close to like coming up with a full narrative. Yeah, but so now we are kind. Of, we have the draft character, and we're incorporating a little more of that structure, and we will continue to do so. Um, which I'm, I'm like really, really pleased with. <laughs> <laughs> but so you can see that structure. That's starting to come back in our current videos. That's where that structure originated, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then, so Pomelo is the next I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, which is, my husband almost died in China, which is true. Bum, bum. Um, that video will be up. So for, We're putting for, up right after this. Yeah, you're, you're, in your present, it's up. In our present, it is not yet up. But Time, it, once again. <laughs> So it is, it's, it's a very personal video of the anniversary of Peter going into the hospital and being very sick. Um, and my approach to it was, again, very existential, very looking death in the face through the lens of time passing and different fruits coming into season, in and out of season. Um, and this was after a long time of not writing out full scripts. I did actually script this one because it was an important story to me. And I wanted to get exactly what I wanted to say. I felt this was a subject that, like, leaving something out might make it mean not what I wanted to mean. So I did... It might be the closest thing that you've done to a real, like, full essay of some kind. Yeah, yeah. So I did write out a full script. And then I read the script to Peter. And he saw these different shifts in it so we which then conveniently I didn't have to read 10 pages at once I could read a page I could memorize a page at a time and then we'd have these um we took breaks <laughs> that's how that's how filming works you don't no one sits down in one shot to film an entire thing unless you have a teleprompter but it um, made for a nice afternoon in the park yeah so we just like whoa I don't know what that noise was. <laughs> we'll find out later. Um, yeah, we took our gear all out to the park. We shot segment by segment. And, and the pomelos are 
spiritually significant. Metaphorically. Um, met, yeah, they're, the, the pimentos are a metaphor. And they came up in my mind because the weekend before we shot this video, I actually did go out to my friend's countryside house and they had a pomelo tree, so they sent me home with five pomelos. <laughs> and so we had like five pomelos that, if you don't know, a pomelo is like a big grapefruit. You'll um, see it in the video. Yeah, you'll, you can see it in the video. They're huge. And I don't think, I brought them to school to give like everybody, my, my fellow teachers, some snack because there was no way I was gonna eat them all by myself. But they made for good props, so we brought them all out to the park and shot in these different locations. And again, choosing visually interesting locations. You can see I'm in, we're walking, we're st static. Would, would this like was bringing together a written script and these visual things we learned. And it was like this really important emotional story um, for me and for Peter. Yeah, um, it was a tough one to get through. <laughs> yeah, but it was happier to get through that than the actual yeah. <laughs> sickness that prompted those memories. So. Catharsis? Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, it's a hard one to sell. Like, we, Peter is right that we do need to call it something like, my husband almost died in China because that's what's going to get people to click because... An existential meditation on the nature of time through the lens of fruit passing. I admit, doesn't, doesn't it's, not, it's not attractive. It's not, it's not going to catch your eye and, and draw you in. Um, so we're hoping that a somewhat sensational title will draw you into a thoughtful exploration. And that maybe, like, you'll, if you're hooked in, that you will try to engage with my... More gentle meanderings. <laughs> I hope. I don't know. It's a story that means a lot to, to both of us. Well, and this the this and the other videos that you've talked about all kind of in this week kind of clumped together. And I mean, some of them you're being a, a little more aggro. Some of them you're being a little kind. The giraffe is back and forth as to what kind of character that you're being perceived as. So it it's sort of like this is a week of of what's what's the heart yeah. of what we are it's talking about. a week of deep, deep thoughts. Yeah. Deep thoughts about China and life. And we thought getting some of that out of the way in a nice big clump because we want to move on. Yeah. So hopefully that if we can get some people on board now, then that we can be like, all right, let's get on with that and let's have some fun. Yeah. I mean, and the thing about YouTube is the, the algorithm places such importance on the first 24 and then 48 hours that it's hard, it's hard not to get caught up in like, who's watching this video now? Mm -hmm. But the, the real truth is those videos go up and then they're up and they like collect views over time. They, yeah, sometimes they come back around. I've heard people say that like it's like eight years later that all of a sudden a video goes viral because whatever happens in life, something yeah. has happened that yeah. people get interested in. So the timing is somewhat important but it's not the ultimate importance and uh, people will come and find your videos later and all all of the videos that we put up continue to grow mm -hmm. so it's that's also something to remember so, yeah that, that, that's part of just putting these in the right order yeah that to make them attractive to grow an audience right now it doesn't really like matter if they're in order or not we're just trying to put them in the right way to get people to come in and see 
get on board. Right. After that, they can live their own life. We write them to be evergreen, mostly. If they're not specifically about a holiday or a season, then we, we write them... I mean, and, and we don't, we don't do audiences are sophisticated enough to know, like, if I'm talking about such and such happened in August, like, you well, know that now is not August, but you can accept that there was a past. We're, we're, <laughs> you don't, like, smash your computer and, like, what? We're not a current events. Yeah, we're not current events, so, and that's all. That's all. Time. Time, time passes. Time, time. But before we move on Western Toilet... Oh, yeah. The the video this week, our music video, Western Toilet is our music video channel that accompanies our, because Peter, if you're new, Peter composes <laughs> all our soundtracks. Those are all original compositions. Um, and then, so he makes a music video to go with it, and then we put it up on the music. On our sister on site, our, Western Toilet. Western Toilet. Our band, so go, Western Toilet. Go like that on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so the... The music video you made is about time, which goes with our mm-hmm. contemplation of time video. Is there anything you can say about that? Mm, it's just extra footage. Uh, for the most part, the Western Toilet videos are extra footage from what we shoot. Yeah. Um, so this one is just some speeded up versions of things that you shot. Um, I mean, essentially, it's a music channel, so it's for music. If there's something else extra to look at, then that's nice. Sometimes they're maybe a little bit more of an, uh, an artsy mm-hmm. bent to it, but like it's basically just uh, like a screen um, mm. animation to, to go along. Little visualizer. Visualizer, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because um, the intent is, if you're not interested in China stories, but you might like this music. Right. Um, it's another way for you to enjoy our art. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we even we put them up also on SoundCloud, which has no video component, so it is mm-hmm. like the the this is the, it's music. Our, our, our burgeoning <laughs> radio station it's is now music. both um, a music format and a talk radio format. Yeah, as we're yeah. building that up to be. Yeah. So that was a lot of videos this week. Yeah. Um. Let's recommend someone else's content. With watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Our watch it this week is the return of the tick, which is on Amazon streaming. Oh, I think is so. Is that correct? Um, the tick, if you're unfamiliar, is a comic book hero that kind of turns comic book tropes on their head in a very comedic way. The tick himself is a big blue tick. Whose origin nigh is... Nigh and ver- vulnerable. He's nigh and vulnerable and his origin is unknown. And yeah. he's, he's like really bombastic parody of like ultra earnest... I would say patriotic, but he's not necessarily an American. No. But he believes in justice and... Part of the whole premise is that you won't actually know what his powers are or where he's from. Is he from space? Where yeah. he's just the quintessential hero kind of a doofus but yeah. always well-meaning and the the this show on amazon is like the fourth inter- iteration of well it started as a comic in the 80s yeah and became a cartoon in the 90s yeah which and, was my introduction to it and then was a tv show with patrick warburton warburton 
And then, yeah, so this is the fourth version. The most interesting part is that it's all been under the, the hand handwork of, of the creator which is I don't know if that's ever really happened mm -hmm. crossing mediums yeah he's been really involved right? yeah he's at the, the core of everything I think Ben Edmund, Edmund? yeah and I, I I kind of I love the tick so much that I'll watch this watch it is for all all of <laughs> those I'll, I would say the Fox TV show suffered from big ambitions and low budget that, that was the Warburton yeah that it, I, it was, it was hilarious, true to the spirit, but it always felt like, um, a little too cheeky, a little too cheeky, a little much like the sets were made of cardboard and falling over mm -hmm. in a way that didn't enhance the vision of what the show was. Uh, uh, even from the comic book, it was a black and white comic book, so it's always had like this really scrappy indie feel to it. Mm -hmm. I think this, the, the Fox version was a little too much budget, but not enough budget at the same time it did it was waffling somewhere in between of being yeah i think slick. there's a way to pull off low budget but they were aiming for not low budget with a low budget yeah. um oh and the, a key component is arthur the sidekick who is his that's his his name and his superhero name is arthur mm -hmm. and he's mm -hmm. an accountant and and i'm off mostly unwilling to be he eventually comes around yeah but in a in a great way. Um, I will say about the cartoon, which I think is is rights, locked up in rights issues and hard to find. I mm. think it's not on DVD. Yeah. Um, but uh, there are ways to find it, maybe? I don't know. Probably. Um, that, as a kid, was my first introduction to the idea of, like, a sitcom silliness with the continuity of a comic book. I was not a comic book reader, really when I was a kid. Um, so this was my introduction to the idea like that things changed over time and stayed changed. The big example being when Chairface tries to engrave his name on the moon and only gets into CHA, the moon for the rest of the series has Cha written across the front of it. Um, which I, I like, I was delighted by that. I was delighted by the idea that like Things could change and stay changed and not necessarily Reboot every mean anything either. Mm. Um, I just thought that was fabulous. Um, it's, it's kind of unique, too, for cartoons at the time because that was something that you could do in the comic book that was very much a part of, of, of what, what the creator had put in there. To transfer that over to cartoons, to Saturday morning cartoons, was pretty like there was nothing like that at all on TV at that yeah. time. So, it, again, retaining the voice of the creator is just not something that happened between yeah. Hollywood and comic books. And it's a good example of. Until now, sort I of. I mean, would you say The Tick was on Saturday mornings, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. So it was for kids, but maybe had a grown-up audience from the comic book? Yeah, I mean, I think it was on, like, when I was in college. So, like, okay. there, there was, a like, all my friends, we all sit around yeah. on our Saturday mornings. College kids are kind of grown-ups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think because that was the age of, of the Simpsons and the, the Fox mm. animation block. Just post that, really. Like, um, wherein... 
it was a cartoon that didn't really take advantage of being a cartoon visually. And, like, it was just a sitcom and crazy, crazy things wouldn't yeah, like, happen. I don't, I don't but think... the tick was a cartoon that was a cartoon. So it would do things that you could not do with a, a real I cast think... until now we have I effects. Think we have cheaper like, effects. Promoting, like, I don't think it... It had toys, but like it wasn't like a toy line that like took off or anything like yeah. it, it. That was kind of a failure. Yeah. Which, for '90s cartoons, is ridiculous. Like, yeah. That's the only reason they existed. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But so the, yeah, that's the cartoon, and then the current show. I mean, the the Fox show was okay, but I don't yeah, know much good. more to say about well, it. I watched it twice. It was good. Um, the current show, I think, really captures again the spirit with a whole new twist on it patrick warburton is an executive producer yeah. on the new one um but he has been replaced by peter serafinowicz hilarious which is like i never thought about it but if i if i wanted a cousin to patrick warburton <laughs> it would be peter serafinowicz it's a perfect he makes a character his own but doesn't like it doesn't like he might be Dis, a, it doesn't retroactively, retroactively discredit Patrick Warburton's tick. They both are valid, and as, I like as, them both. As much as Warburton was perfect, I would say that this version is a little bit more like the tick from the comics and the cartoon. Yeah, I, th I think what Less I like funny, about Warburton is that he is a little ironically detached, whereas Sarah Finowitz is all in. Yeah, he's earnestly and that that's what makes the tick the tick says things like have a helping of justice for breakfast yeah. and a cup of coffee afterwards. And, and you like, believe it. Yeah, you, you you want those lines to land and they do. And I think Amazon has put given them the right amount of money that it's not like tech spectacular but it doesn't look like it's shoddily made. Well, I think the difference with that is that there is, there's big effects. There's like a, like a 200 foot man, naked man walking around. Right, with, right. With like missiles <laughs> shooting in his ears and crazy, but some of it's actual effects of like costuming, some mm -hmm. of it's digital, and none of it is really that focused on looking exactly real. It's more about right. like looking cool, stylized. So right, right, right. It can be kind of cheap, but, yeah. but kind of exciting and, and really artistic at the same time. Yeah, and they dabble a little in the first episode of the first season. The The second season just came back, which is why we're Talking recommending about this now. But the for first season, they dabble slightly with, like, when Arthur meets the tick, is Arthur crazy? But I like, actually, that they dispense with that pretty quickly. Like, no, Arthur's not crazy. Because um, I think it's a kind of a cheap job to mm -hmm. to pull out someone, to tease mental illness as mm -hmm. maybe all of this is made up. This is 2018. We've already... This is 2019. <laughs> I think I think that being like an ironic twist that the person was crazy all along is already... It's been done. Yeah. And so it turns out that Arthur does have mental health issues, and the tick is real, which I like. I mm. like that as the character. Right. It's not turning him into a crazy superhero. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He is. He has his own issues, but he's also a superhero. Right. And that, yeah, you can have mental health issues and live a life. Yeah. It doesn't, like, <laughs> totally make you a psycho. <laughs> 
Um, so and I'm, that actor, I forget his name. It's Arthur. In real life? No, the guy who plays Arthur. His name is Arthur? No, I'm clarifying. You're talking about Arthur? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know his real name either. Neither do I. But he's great. He's perfect for it. Yeah. He's yeah. also like a real nerd. He's, there's a great interview with him on Patrick H. Willem's YouTube channel that you can find that just came out. And, and I guess he has a, a podcast that I'd get to listen to, but I'm planning on it. Arthur? Yeah, Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's our watch it for the week. The Tick. It's on Amazon streaming. Whatever they're called. Um, Something. I mean, Amazon's... Just look up Tick. You'll find it. Yeah. Amazon's taking over the world, but the show is good. <laughs> so, uh, noodles to you. We're out.